Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit KMLawyers.com and mention us, G&D, to score a discount. That's KMLawyers.com. We are joined right now by our buddy, a Hall of Fame insider and broadcaster in the NBA who covers a thing or two in this city. We can ask him about any team we want to because David Aldridge is versatile like that. And In fact, I want to start with the Nats and get to the NBA All-Star game. David, thank you for the time. How are you? Grant, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You sound silly, by the way. Uh, he, you're what are on, we using? What are we doing? He's on a Zoom, I think. I'm on a Zoom. Guys, don't ever drop your phone. I'm just telling you that because oh. my phone my phone is looking at me now with all kinds of different colors and stuff that are not normal. So so I, as soon as I'm done with you, I'm going to the Apple store. We're getting a new phone tonight. So, yeah, got to Zoom it for right now. Well, there's probably like some story somewhere. That you know, someone went to this restaurant because they couldn't get reservations to a place they like, and it became their new favorite restaurant. I think we're yeah. only going to do Zoom guests from now on. You sound you incredible. This is great. <laughs> I mean, Darius okay. was over there. Yes, my like computer an hour. works. That's good. <laughs> Darius was over there. You know, plugging wires into other wires and cutting things with. Like duct tape. He, he did that thing where like you start a car with the wires. Right, right. it's working. He's hot wearing it, huh? Ah. I love it. All right, before we get to the NBA All-Star game, because I love not only what you've had to say about it, but you guys did a great thing on The Athletic with a bunch of the NBA reporters discussing it, which was really good I read this morning. Uh, The Nats are not selling. You are not only someone who covers this team, but you and your family have been fans. I know at one point you were a season ticket holder, you told us on the show. I don't know if you still are or not, but they are not selling the team anymore. Uh, They have taken it off the market. But what do you make of that? I mean, no, I'm not... You know, great. It's funny. Like, you know, normally you would go, okay, well, that's that make that's good. You know, that they're not selling anymore because um, they have institutional memory. They know all the people in the organization. They hired all of the people in the organization, right? So, but then Mark Lerner says that this has been decided. This was decided a while ago. Okay, well, if it was decided a while ago, <laughs> then. Then how do you explain your offseason when you did nothing? Okay, you didn't you signed Joey Gallo. I'm sorry. That's you didn't do nothing. You signed Joey Gallo and Nick Senzel. Okay. 
Um, you needed a lot more than that to kind of take the next step in terms of competitiveness, because to me, if you just say as an organization, well, we're just going to we're just going to count on James Wood and Dylan Cruz to come up here and be great for minute one. I think you're setting them up to fail because very few guys come up here and are great for minute one. Um, you need to give them some help. You need to lengthen that lineup a little bit. And, you know, as somebody that advocated them trying to get Reese Hoskins, for example, um, somebody that hits a lot of bombs. Um, now, I know Joey Gallo hits a lot of bombs, but he also hits 177 last year. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm not hating on Joey Gallo. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, to me, they're, 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 the moves they made this offseason were the moves of a team that was about to be sold. We're not putting any new money into this team. We're not doing anything to add to our payroll. We're going to get this thing sold as soon as humanly possible, which you don't have to like as a fan, but you can at least understand it, right? Like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. all right, well, they're about to sell it, so they don't want to put any new money into it. But if they say, not only are we not selling it, we decided a long time ago we weren't selling it. Okay, well, then explain this offseason to me then, because this offseason doesn't make any sense if you decided a long time ago you weren't going to sell the team. So, David, I don't think they could say the following, but I think they could find a way to get this word out, right? If they basically said somehow, I, I don't know how well it would go over, but I but I think it would help at least kind of explain the point that you're making. And I think it's 100% dead on right, by the way. If they basically said, we can't compete at the highest level as long as we've got $70 million of cap space going to a guy who will never pitch again and one guy we yeah. wish wouldn't pitch for us in, in right. Strasburg and Corbin, uh, you know, respectively. If they yeah. kind of said, it doesn't matter what we spend, we're stuck. I don't, again, it wouldn't it wouldn't make up for everything, but at least people would go, oh, okay, there's a plan beyond we're just never spending money ever ever again. Right. Does that make sense? Right. All I ask, Danny, out of any owner is just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. It's okay. I may not like the truth mm-hmm. as you see it, but I understand it's your team. You can do whatever the hell you want. So I wish Ted Leonsis would just say, I'm taking the $2 billion. That's why I'm going to Virginia. <clears throat> because they offered me $2 billion to build an arena there. Okay. No, I mean, I don't like that. I'm a DC guy. I want them to stay where they are. But be honest about it. Don't talk about the opportunities and all that. We would stay to the art. No, I took the money. Fine. Take the money. It's okay. It's your team. You can take the money. You bought the team. You can do whatever you want with the team. Same here with the Nets. I agree with you 100%. Just say, look, we're not going to spend any money until this team's ready to compete again. Okay. At least now, as a consumer, I can make a decision. Do I want to support that? Because I love baseball and I don't care. And I just want to go out and have a great time with my family and friends a few nights a year or 15 nights a year. I love going to baseball games. I love Major League Baseball. I'll live with whatever the product is on the field. Okay. You can... There's, I will never question anybody who approaches it from that standpoint. Some people may say, hey, you know what? I want to see a, a product that's going towards winning. Like, I think winning is important. I want to support, I want to pay money to see a team, my team, local team, win. And until you do that, I'm not going to buy season tickets. That's also a decision. But you've given me information now. They are not giving you information. They're just talking about our goal is to win a World Series. Exactly when is that supposed to happen? When you bring in nothing in an offseason, in a major league offseason, in what may be the toughest division in baseball. Like, I, you know, so explain, again, to your point, tell me what the plan is. 
Because this is no plan. This is just meandering from one season to another and hoping that you catch enough lightning in a bottle that you win a few more games. Because it can't be we're just going to throw the kids out there and see what they can do. Because you know what? A lot of those kids are not going to make it if you do it that way. David Aldridge, Aaron Grant, and Danny. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But as a massive baseball fan, I also see that the Orioles did this and look at where it got them. The Astros did this and look at where it got them. Kind of a similar question to what Danny asked, but I guess what I'm wondering is, like, none of them came out and said, we're tanking for four years or we're not spending money. Because you can't. The league hates it. They want nothing to do with it. They're changing rules already. They screwed the Nats over in the draft process to make sure that teams don't do what Washington's doing, even though it's the best way to get good fast. Being good, being mediocre for seven years is the worst thing you could do. But I digress. But I guess my point is, they really can't come out and say, hey, we're not going to spend again until we're ready to. But what they're doing has worked for the Cubs and the Astros and the Orioles and, God forbid, the Nationals when they picked first overall after two straight 100-loss seasons. Like, why can't they do it this way? They can do it this way, Grant, if they draft well enough to do it this way. Right. (laughs) There's the drafts have been pretty damn suspect. Horrendous. Um, but, it's but, great to build through the draft. Yeah, who's the last pitcher they drafted? That is that's up here and is and is dominating. Drafted, not traded for. Drafted. The Orioles have drafted a lot of pitchers who are really good and are now up here, or they're about to be up here, and they're dominating. Totally, Houston but I'm just a lot of pitchers who have come up through their organization. They drafted a lot of those players that won the World Series. Totally. Yeah, but I guess my point is less that the 10 years of bad development, right? This window, which I look at as kind of a three-year, 2021, 2022, 2023, their system has improved every bit as much as those other systems. Now, for them, it's because they had to trade Juan Soto, and they, yes. they've given up a bunch of pieces. So they went and got an all-star starter along with a catcher. They have not drafted well enough, no doubt about that. We hope this past year with Dylan Cruz and um, some of the other players in that draft class, Andrew Pinckney, you know, um, uh, among others that that they hit. But I guess my sure. point is just, uh, and I'm not necessarily it, arguing what you're saying as much as if I'm a Nats fan, I I hope that they get back to being spenders and engaged and aggressive. And they were a top five ish payroll on opening day. I think the way when they won the World Series, maybe this was just the design of we're not spending a penny while we're bottoming out. Again. That is fine. Just say that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, I I can't get past that. That's fair. As somebody who used to, I don't have them anymore, but for many, many years had season tickets. Um, I, you have to tell me. Paolo Espino wasn't it doing it for you? (laughs) What's that? I said, Paolo Espino wasn't it doing it for you? Not doing it for me. And uh, look, I'm sure those tickets were cheaper, right? They, they, I got out. I didn't get out because they're terrible. I got out because it was just too expensive. That's just my, because I had to put two kids through college and you have to make choices. Okay. So, and and the kids were getting to be college age and you got to start deciding, okay, well, what are we doing here? So it, that was not it. This was not a reaction on my part. What I'm just what I'm saying is, as somebody that who has had to make that decision, though, I understand that their timeline might not match up with mine as a fan. 
but you have to tell me what your timeline is and how you how you intend to get to where you say you're going to get to. It's great to say we're going to win another championship soon. How are you going to do that? There's only two ways you can get players. Well, there's three ways. You can draft them, you can trade for them, or you can sign them as free agents, okay? They <laughs> charitably have not drafted well <laughs> for a very long time. They haven't drafted well in the draft. Their international performance has been very suspect, I think most people would say. Yeah. Um, they did. They did very well when they drafted a generational player at one in Bryce Harper and a generational player at one pitcher in Steven Strasburg. Yes, they they got the number one picks and picked the right guy and good for them. They get credit for that, although I don't think it was that difficult in those years to pick those guys, but they picked them. They did pick them, so they get credit for that. But other than that, it's been waning. Now, have they been good in free agency? Yes. Yeah. They were real good for a while. I mean, they signed Worth, who turned out to be a pretty good player. He's, he kind of reset the expectations here. They brought in Daniel Murphy, right? They got Scherzer. They've been real good. Nobody is asking them to spend at that level right now. We all understand they're not good enough to spend at that level to get into Cody Bellinger. We, I, no one's asking them to get into Blake Snell. Nobody's <laughs> asking them to do that. I think there's a difference between that and the moves that they made, which were no moves. That's all I'm saying is that you can do a little bit. Their payroll is what, 134 going into this season? I think Cots has them at 134. Maybe it's 124. 124, 134? That's nowhere near the tax. <clears throat> like, you can't tell me you couldn't add 15, 20 million in payroll and get nowhere near the tax and put and add two players who could help you win some more games this year. We were looking at it earlier. They're 23rd of 30 teams. And that's because of the Strasburg and Corbin. Right. If, if you take Strauss and Corbin out, that's 55%. They're down below right. the Pirates. I mean, this is the lowest payroll in the sport. So that's all I'm saying, guys, is that you you got to show me the blueprint. What's the blueprint? It, you know, and, and yes, I think Wood's going to be good. I think Cruz is going to be good. I'm not disagreeing with them on that. I think they are going to be good. Um I hope Gore is going to be good. I, mean, I think he's got, you know, potential. And you and you you hope that their injured guys come back this year, right? And 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 help them out a little bit, you, you know, at, at some point this season. Um, but again, I don't see a plan. I don't see the year-to-year -year plan. I don't see how you go, how you end the season in October of last year with the pitching, with the starting pitching staff they have. And you start this season with the exact same starting pitching staff you had last season. <clears throat> that doesn't make any sense to me if you're trying to get better. Then add a pitcher who's better who can help you win some more games this year. Not the top of the line, guys. But there's so, there's a happy medium in there somewhere. And they don't – I don't see the happy medium right now. David Aldridge with us here. All Grant and Danny, yeah, let's switch to the NBA All-Star game weekend sure. uh, if, if we can. I, I'm old enough to remember, and I'm doing the, per the thing that my dad used to do that I make fun of, and now I'm very much doing it, but I'm old enough to remember the rivalries and when East versus West mattered, and I know that's mm -hmm. not the same, and I'll never get that back, but I feel like the game has disintegrated to the point that I'm looking for other solutions. I, I, I'd still like to have an All-Star weekend. I don't know what the solution is exactly, but what did you make yeah. of it? What do you think? It was horrendous. Well, I shouldn't say it was. The game was horrendous. I don't think so. I think Saturday night was pretty good. You know, I think Saturday night was pretty it's good. Fun. I think 
Steph and Sabrina lived up to the hype. It was fun. I don't think it's great to have two of your four dunkers be guys that aren't actually in the NBA right now, but okay, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mac, Mac McClung was fun and he dunks and it, it, it's, it's fine. It was fine. I don't have a problem with that. Three-point contest is fun and exciting. It's the only thing that really is fun and exciting to me um, on Saturday night. That's why I've always said that should be the last event. For some Agreed. reason, they make it in the middle because it's the only event that actually has real drama to it. But but it's their call. It's their, it's their show. Um, Saturday was fine. Uh, but Sunday was abomination. It was horrendous. Like, we were talking about this this morning with some people all these guys in the league now, what's the the one thing they say? Who who was your idol growing up? Oh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality, Mamba mentality. That's who that's how I am. Really? Well, watch Kobe Bryant in the All-Star game and you get back to me. You tell me how he played in the All-Star game. Because you're not playing like that in the All-Star game. I just looked at the fourth quarter of the 2001 All-Star game, which was played here in DC at what was then MCI Center. And the East came back from 21 down. The, the 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 quality of forget the quality of play, just the level of play, just the hard way that everybody played. Matumbo blocked every shot in sight. KG was trying to dunk everything. Kobe was phenomenal. Iverson and Marbury diving, going into passing lanes, getting steals, pulling up for threes, crossing people over, getting to the cup. The place went nuts in the fourth quarter because they were competing with each other because they're the best players in the world. And this was great to see the best players in the world really going after each other for 12 minutes. And it was great fun, and it was a remarkable game. And so, again, if you're telling me you want to be like Kobe Bryant, okay, that's how he plays in the All-Star game. When they played in Atlanta, Jordan's last year, and everybody wanted Jordan to get MVP, go out in the sunset with the, with, with the MVP. And Kobe said, to hell with that. I'm, I'm going to score in the last five <laughs> seconds, forces to overtime, and I'm going to win, and I'm going to be the MVP. Because that's how he's wired. <laughs> okay? So I just, yes, I, it's, it's beyond frustrating to see guys not give a damn. And that's two straight years of you guys could not possibly care less about playing. You know, and that's not what this league is about. And the people that you purport, to to idolize, they never played like that in All Star games, ever. Michael Jordan never played like that in an All Star game. Isaiah Thomas never tricked an All Star All Star game off like that. Magic Johnson coming back from HIV never played like that in an All Star game. So you want to be, you know, showcase it for fans, and you're going to tell me, well, we're trying to save her. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Do you think those guys didn't want to get hurt? Because that year, Kobe Bryant won the NBA championship. And the year before, he beat Allen Iverson's team for the NBA championship. I'm sorry, it was that year. What am I talking about? It was that year, mm-hmm. 2001. The finals were the Lakers and the 76ers, whose two best players busted their humps in the All-Star game that year. So stop it. It's just, I, I don't understand what's going on here, but it's not good, and they need to fix it, because if they can't fix it, Get rid of the game. Yeah, I'm kind of there. I I don't have a great idea as to what to do next. You guys in the athletic today, you know, threw a bunch of ideas out there. I've kind of long thought maybe a two on two, three on three tournament or something. Have yeah. a, a second Saturday night, but all the all stars competing 
in some of those things could work. But I was really interested. I want to ask you about something you said in that yeah. round, round table, which was a couple of the really respected NBA writers who I follow on The Athletic suggested maybe just paying, right? And And, yeah. and, and others said, well... And I don't know. It's not a good. Uh, it's not uh, the optics aren't good. Fans don't want to see guys getting paid a million for winning an All Star game. But I thought your point was awesome, which was nobody really cared, or certainly anymore. Nobody's thinking about that. The in season tournament, the motivator may have been partially a half million dollars a player. You know, sure. if, if we, I think it was you who said, if we get a couple sponsors and the NBA throw in, and it's twelve million for the twelve players, a million per person, maybe at right. least in the short term. That makes them play a little harder. I guess just give me your thoughts on, because I thought you said it really eloquently. Like my, As soon as I heard the idea about paying players, I thought, ah, that doesn't look great. You know, these guys, the fans around the country, they're making a lot of money, adding another million, one game, right. exhibition. But your point was good. Like, no one's going to care if the game is good. I don't think anybody's going to care if the product's better. Yeah. Like, the in-season tournament worked. I was a skeptic. I didn't think it was going to work. It worked. I don't think it worked just because of the money. I think there was other things. I think the fact that LeBron got into it and said, yeah, let's go win this thing. Hey, it's something to win. Let's go win it. Okay. That was cool. And, and played hard and really, really um, gave, gave a lot of effort. Um, but the money did matter at what level it mattered. I don't know. So I'm not saying this is going to work by the way. I'm just saying you got to do something other than this crap these last two years. <laughs> Cause that's garbage. What you just put out there. Um, and, and to pretend like it wasn't, because people scored a lot of points is just ridiculous. And that's what, you know, what worries me about the league and something else that I wrote this week is this. I just think the league's out of balance right now. I just think there's been so much emphasis on offense, making sure that the rules allow the best players to create offensively and do the things that they're great at. And I have no problem with that, but I think there's been too much of it in one direction there hasn't been a single rules change in the last 30 years that benefited the defense in any material way. Wow. Every single change has benefited the mm. offense. You know, you can go, you can, you guys, everybody can go back and look at those games in the eighties. I get it. Look, it's a different it's, sport. Yeah. It's a different game. It was too much. It was too much holding too much banging too much. I get it. It was nobody wants to see 80, 75 games in the finals. Okay. That's, that is a fair criticism, right? Like fair. So they tried to go the other way. I just think they've gone too much in the, in the other way. And you add to that, you know, the kind of primacy of the three-pointer now where everybody hunts three-pointers every game. It's just a matter of how many do they hunt, but everybody's hunting them. You just have this game where it's just a series, just three-pointers and layups and three-pointers and layups. And there's just no, and there's no defense because it's impossible to, to defend under the current rules. It's just, it's almost impossible. It's not impossible because some teams still do it, but it's really, really, really hard. So I just think the game's a little out of balance and the all-star game kind of reflects that to me because players seem to think that it's okay the way they're playing <laughs> and people are going, no, it's not okay the way you're playing. That's not good. That's not fun. Nobody wants to watch that, you know? And so I don't know. I, again, I'm not saying I have the, all, all the answers. I'm saying if, if this is the, if this is what you're going to put out there, you should just stop right now and come up with something else. You want two on two or three on three or horse or whatever, but don't pretend to play a game anymore. If these guys don't care enough to actually play the game. David, always a treat, man. Really appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your week. 
Thanks, guys. Sounds like a bummer with the phone. Hopefully, you can get that taken care of today. <laughs> On my way. All right. See ya. There's David Aldridge, one of the best to ever do it, and a strong take and, and a good take. On the All Star game because they've been willing to make tweaks before when they did Team LeBron and Team Giannis or Team this and they they recognized something wasn't working. This is as bad as it's ever been, and they're in dire need of a change now. I want to get back into the the learners not selling the Nats that he just covered with us. Mm-hmm. Do you trust that they're going to spend again when it's time, which is probably next off season, or do you think that they are not as engaged as they once were, and that that sand's not going back in the hourglass here? Do you think that they're going to get all the way back in and do this thing the right way? 800-636-1067. We're Grant and Danny. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The moves they made this offseason were the moves of a team that was about to be sold. We're not putting any new money into this team. We're not doing anything to add to our payroll we're going to get this thing sold as soon as humanly possible, which you don't have to like as a fan, but you can at least understand it, right? Like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. all right, well, they're about to sell it, so they don't want to put any new money into it. But if they say, not only are we not selling it, we decided a long time ago we weren't selling it. Okay, well, then explain this offseason to me then, because this offseason doesn't make any sense if you decided a long time ago you weren't going to sell the team. Best I can do to try to explain the offseason would be, they didn't want to block any of their prospects, and they didn't want to spend money on a last-place club that they felt like would be paying veterans high-end money for a couple of years of non-contending baseball at the front end of those contracts. It's the best I can come up with. But I think D.A. said something, and that was David Aldridge you just heard from, that was really important and that I liked later in the conversation when he said there's a big gap between spending on stars yep. And doing what they did with Nick Senzel and Joey Gallo. 
But if you're joining the show, leaving the office for the first time today, one of the major stories here in D.C. sports is the Lerner family is no longer exploring a sale of the Washington Nationals. And this came down yesterday via Mark Lerner, who is the club's managing principal owner. He talked to the Washington Post, and he said, we have determined, our family has determined, that we are not going to sell the team. He said they came to the decision a while ago. We have no idea if that's days, weeks, months. Yeah, what does that mean? What is that? What is that? Nothing has really changed, Lerner said Monday. We've decided that it's not the time or the place for it. We're very happy owning the team and bringing us back a ring one day. So you and I talked about this at the start of the show today. Mm -hmm. And the first angle we took was, is this a good or a bad thing, basically? And what I decided, Danny, is this is better than the team being for sale in perpetuity and in limbo where we think they're trying to sell and they're unable to, but they're not engaged. This is worse than them being sold to somebody else with money who wants to dump it into this product. So I think this is not a good thing or a bad thing, but rather this is fine. And I think the way it will be a bad thing is if the last few years is their new norm. This is their level of financial commitment. This is their level of engagement. The way it would be a good thing is if they get back to doing what they were doing when this team was really competitive from 2012 to 2019, when they did go out and sign Max Scherzer, when they were going out aggressively adding payroll, when they were one of the higher payrolls in Major League Baseball. The question is, do you trust that they're going to do that? To, to feel okay about them continuing on the team, you have to talk yourself into the possibility that this was a four-year tank that they're coming out of right now, hopefully. This is the final year like this, and that basically they just weren't going to add money and payroll to a losing team and block the minor leaguers that they were developing when they got to the major leagues. I think that's a good way to build. I think teams like Houston and Baltimore and Chicago and others have done it successfully. We even saw Washington do it 1.0 here. So that gives me hope that they'll do it the right way. But if they don't start this coming offseason doing that, then we're in big, big trouble here. I, I don't have confidence. I'm hopeful. I'm not writing it off. But if you ask me, you know, bet your mortgage on it, do they open up the checkbook next offseason and, and sign their Scherzer, sign their worth? I don't think so. I, the 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 thing that I come back to is the learners are obviously very successful people, more successful than me. But this is sort of within within this realm. They do it their way, whatever their way is. They think that team is worth more than the Mets two point four billion dollars. It's not, but that's what they think. So they're not selling because they couldn't get that. They think they could take a manager uh, and sign him to a deal that for a, a fraction of the time that everyone else is signing for in the open market for a fraction of the dollars, offer him that and do it. They think they can sometimes go around the general manager to sign their generational superstar or brought them the World Series. You, you get these stories enough times and you go, this is their way. The league has moved on from their way almost universally. Again, I know Otani just did this weird deal with all the deferred money, but you want to go sign somebody. I don't think people are going to be interested in, we'll give you 16 this year, but, for, but 11 for the next 17 years, and then there's an interest payment in 2060. When you're 74, we'll get that done for you. The guys want their damn money. Everyone knows now. The word is out, but they're going to do it their way. And their way needs to be updated. And these last few years of precedent don't really scream to me, we're updating our foul along with the rest of the league. And they're, they're still doing the learner style of stuff where the learners are meeting with the learners and there's a committee and they just take forever and nothing really happens. And we sort of go, yep, we're still very much into this thing. 
it doesn't feel like there's this massive sea change coming. I could be wrong. I wouldn't bet on it either, but I am very hopeful, and I guess I'm more confident than you are that they're going to spend. What does spend mean? I'm not sure. I think they're going to, like, it will not resemble in any way what the last couple off seasons did. I'm just making up names, right? But they'll go out and they'll sign Anthony Santander for good money to come in mm-hmm. and bring in power. They'll hit the pitching market, and they'll pay a guy like, uh, I don't know, Kyle Hendricks or Shane Bieber or or um, maybe Ross Stripling was pitched for the Dodgers and the Blue Jays who can be like a middle-of-the-rotation starter. Do I think they're going to go do Max 2.0 and pay like Zach Wheeler a four-year contract as a 35-year-old? No, probably not. I-, I would bet against that. But I do think that next year they will start spending. I do. I think that, you know, they'll look to add starting pitching, add a big bat, and that they'll realize that next year is the year to go over 500 to make a little bit of a wild card push. And then hopefully the year after that to be back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I am going to be judging them on next year as it pertains to the remainder of their time as owners. In other words, if next year they, they are uh, not aggressive, they don't spend, they don't bring in major league talent, it's similar to these past few years, I think I'm out. And at that point, I'm, now what does that get them? No, nothing, right? I'm just <laughs> livid and crying in the corner. But I guess my point is, if you're like-minded with me, you have no problem with not spending at the big league level during the tanking. And I'm not suggesting that anyone needs to keep their season tickets or keep paying the prices at all. Yeah, it's your fandom, however you want to spend it. Do whatever you want to do. I'm getting the cheapest tickets I can get every time I go over there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to hope that an usher doesn't see me walking down as low as I can get or whatever. But I guess my point is, I think that... What they've done the last three years is completely excusable and fine if next year it ends, the spending begins, and it's time to winning. Business picks up. If this is just them now, and they're hoping James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Cade Cavalli are are the the guys that will get them over the top, it doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. Do you guys have faith that they will turn the clocks back and be big spenders again, yes or no? And did you find the announcement by Mark Lerner to the Post yesterday to be a good thing or a bad thing? 800-636-1067 is the number on G&D. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nat Spring Training underway. The bombshell that dropped in West Palm Beach Yesterday, the learners are no longer trying to sell the ball club. What we want to know from you is how much confidence do you have that they're going to start spending again when it's time to? That's next season, by the way. This That's a year, for, not even a year from now, but the beginning of next offseason. One to ten, Danny, your level of trust that they're going to do this the right way, that they will be good owners, and by good I mean committed, engaged spenders next offseason. Three. I'm going to say six. I hesitate to go any higher than that for obvious reasons. It's been a long time since we've seen it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go lower than that, though, because you just got to go back to 19. And even at the at the deadline, they, they were still pushing chips in uh, all the way through the 2020 pandemic season. Yep. I mean, you know, that, that was a brutal year, but they kept the band together for the most part. They thought they had a shot to run it back. The, the year started, remember, on opening day with – Juan Soto popping positive and not being able to play. Just riding a stationary bike at home. Awful. It has been downhill ever since. Four but, straight terrible seasons. I mean, at 21, they thought they were going to win. And that was the year it all came crashing down. Yes. I mean, they, they had a group that was kind of, it was still the core, no Howie Kendrick, but still basically the guys that won the World Series with young ascending players like Victor Robles in a larger role. But whatever. They thought they were going to win. And then it all, of course, was, was a disaster. Max's body started breaking down yeah. a little bit. So did Strauss's. Strauss has not been the same since 19. With Corbin pitched to, to a six ERA. I mean, the whole thing. That's a good starting kit. <laughs> yeah. Not being very good. That's your top three starters in your rotation. Let's go to Tim in Springfield. Tim, what was your reaction to the news they're not selling? And do you think that they could still do this at a high level? So I'm not sure about the do this at a high level, but my first reaction was how odd that it was about a week after the Orioles got sold. Agreed. So I've been here since they moved in a oh, no. ticket holder. And the biggest thing that went wrong is all of their money going to Evangelos. Once that your phone's oh, not too much. He was saying it's hard to hard to imagine it's a coincidence that Orioles sale resolution, some light at the end of the tunnel for Masson. And by the way, that's no longer the boon. That isn't the white knight coming to save you for cash flow that it would have been 10 years ago. It just isn't. RSNs are different. Uh, television packages are different. It's not profitable for anybody, but it was basically viewed in that deal. That's one of the, the things that came out about uh, Rubenstein uh, buying the Orioles is that Masson is basically viewed as near worthless when it comes to the transaction. Yeah, but for the Nationals, there's still added value in getting off of the Orioles network. Without question. It's not a, a nothing burger. I mean, that would be a massive deal. I also just think... Being at odds every step of the way with the Angelos is oh, it's the better. Orioles. No, it's better. Yeah, it's a game changer to have them owned by somebody else and be able to possibly do business with them. I mean, the Nationals have never made a trade with the Orioles. Think about that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only team the O's have never made a trade with in their history. But th th those teams don't interact, don't do business from all the way at the top. 
now with a new owner, a path to getting out of the Masson deal, I think it probably does completely change the algorithm for their interest in being the owners of this team. Andrew's in Damascus. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going? Good. Come in. Hey, man, I'm nervous. Uh, I think that the Nationals, I mean, this was Ted's project. He, you know, he brought him to Navy Yard. That's his legacy. He built all that. I feel like Mark isn't as passionate about it. And I think that's really going to be what takes us down. Uh, he tried to sell the team. If I tried to sell my car two years ago and no one bought it, I'm not going to put a new engine in it. I'm going to push it down the hill and forget I ever had it because I have billions of dollars in real estate. I don't really care about this. It's a great point. Here, here's my pushback, and this is speculative, but it's slightly informed. I won't say slightly. It's informed speculation. I think there are members of the family who are somewhat of what you're describing. When Ted was no longer in the picture, they wanted out of this business. Yep. This is a car they want off of their lot, so to speak. I don't think Mark is that guy. Mark loves baseball. Mark drove to Fredericksburg to go see James Wood play after the Soto deal. Mark drove to Fredericksburg. I sat 10 feet from him when Harleen Susana was making his debut and pumping 103 miles an hour because he couldn't believe that this high school-aged prospect that they just got touched 102 a bunch. I mean, this guy does still love ball. He was sitting there knee-to-knee with Rizzo when they called uh, the name of, of their number two overall pick, Dylan Cruz, in the draft last year. So I believe that Mark Lerner is still a huge Nats fan, is still very much in. I think the reason they still own the team is because he wants to own the team. Do I think that everyone in the family is is like-minded? Probably not. Right. And I think that, by the way, is the essential part of this. Again, it's a committee that we don't see. We only see the top of it, which is Mark. There's 11, 12 other people that have a very large say that we don't really necessarily see all the time. It's got to be so complicated. It is. And I think other people have dealt with this in some way in their own life. You lose a parent, got a house or whatever, and you're dealing with siblings. I'm sure there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes there. Max Chadwick joins us next, one of PFF's lead draft experts, to talk about the top quarterbacks in the class. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.